Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Lead Or with an OR. I am your host, Victoria Cabrera, and I'm reaching out to you guys and girls today to remind you that everyday people are leaders too. And I want to help bring light to different people on this show to share their stories, to talk about life, and hope this brings value to you in any possible way. And just remember this there are leaders all around us, and it may just be you. I really thank you for joining in the podcast today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Lead Or. My name is Victoria Cabrera, and today I'm super, super, super excited. We have an awesome friend and a, a colleague of mine. Her name is Rebecca Davis, the Medicare Wonder Woman, the owner of Cannonball Insurance Solutions out of Stephenville. It's Stephenville, right? Stephenville, Texas. We're both Texas girls, but I hope this reaches everybody that wants to listen. I just want everybody to kind of learn about Rebecca because um, we became, we've just became friends maybe like a month ago. We met at, how, has it been a month? Two months? <laughs> wow, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I think we officially got, really got to start to get to know each other at the end of September. Oh, yeah, because it was at the 8% Nation that Cody Askins puts on, and we're both in the insurance industry. So tell tell people that are listening just a little bit about yourself. I know that I know about you, and I've learned about you, especially today and yesterday, but just kind of tell people where you come from, what you're doing, and I, I just want to let people know how you're leading in your industry and also how you're leading not only in the industry, but also in other areas of your life. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, thank you for having me on. This is such a pleasure to be able to work with you. I mean, it's just been so much fun getting to know you, and I can't wait to get to know you more through the upcoming months and years. I foresee a long-term friendship here, so I'm super excited. But yes, I mean, as um, an insurance agency owner, and then... um, so I have that business and I have uh, staff as well. And then we also have what's called field agents that are out in the field and I mentor them and teach them about health insurance and Medicare and, you know, basically all that entails in doing their jobs. But recently I've actually um, been close to my heart. I've wanted to work with women specifically and help grow women's potential into providing for their families and their own livelihood. Mm -hmm. And I've really taken on, I think, more of a leadership role with women, or at least I'm trying to. I'm trying really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where my heart is now. I mean, I'm still obviously in the the full agency business, and I will always hold that close. But as far as kind of a little side project I'm working on is definitely to reach other women in our industry to help them grow and get to where I'm at and even – better or Mm -hmm. farther you know Mm -hmm. the ceiling is endless here and I think you know that as well as anybody yeah and we're gonna dig right in because I kind of want people to know like I think and we've experienced this along our journey of or I'm sure even people out there listening have experienced this but you're real big on helping people I'm I'm learning that and we come from kind of the same you know cloth I guess but when you say you want to lift other people up and you know you want to help women Had you ever experienced a time where you were feeling like you've been brought down or you weren't felt supported or anything like that? I mean, I'm sure we all have been there, but was that kind of the reason why you've 
kind of got into this point where you say, hey, I want to start lifting more people up, especially the women and the women in our industry? Well, I think any woman that has lived to be 40-something years of age has gone through many, many ups and downs in the world, whether it's business, personal. I mean, just living is hard these days. And I think we take for granted sometimes that being a woman is actually harder to get things done. Even in today and still 2021, there are just some things that it's just harder for us to do. We juggle so many more balls than our other counterparts do because we not only have the business to focus on, but we have our personal lives and our family and our children Mm -hmm. that we also have to balance. And that is hard. And it's been hard for me. I've reached out to other women and they felt the same way. And I'm just like, there is something missing here. We all feel this way, but none of us has really any place to go with that and discuss that Mm -hmm. because the men do lead our industry. Even though 50, I think it's 51% of actual insurance agents are licensed women, but most of them are are not working or not in the field or they're the admin staff, you know, Mm. behind closed doors and nobody sees. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. they're definitely not getting the support that the men are in, you know, there's a lot of what I call good old boy gloves out there and nothing against them. I mean, I mean, they're doing amazing things for industry and they're leading away even for myself and for you Mm -hmm. to come through. But there's still not a group for us that we can talk about the things that we go through Mm -hmm. that they don't, that they can't relate to. Mm -hmm. They may be willing to listen and even try to understand, but when you can't relate, Mm -hmm. it's just not the same thing. Yeah. And I see that like, um, and I love, because I, I get along with everybody, guys, girls, it doesn't matter your age, whatever. And what I've noticed with the guys is that there, it's a, it's a, it's more of a camaraderie. Like nobody's like, Oh, look at that guy he has. Or maybe they do. Maybe we just don't know their personal struggles. But I don't see as much as I do in, in some cases, kind of like that high school where the girls would be putting each other down, you know, stuff like that. But I've seen that in certain parts of the industry where people are just not as supportive as some of us. Like you and I, we don't, in, in no way or fashion do we work together. We do the same thing. If you, if some people could even look at it that we're competitors, right? Like, because we're in the same industry, we're in uh, not that far away, but we don't see it like that. I just say, hey, man, like we're agent friends. We're, we're becoming even mo- more friends than just beyond insurance and just getting that that lift and being able to talk about struggles and call each other up and say, hey, like, you know, talk about things in the industry. It just feels good. So I'm wondering why more people don't do that. Like, what do you think it is? Well, I think there's a couple things. And I think the guys of the world, yes, I mean, you see them high-fiving each other. It's almost like a fraternity. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter if it's this business or any business. You see it. I mean, they pat each other's backs. They go golfing on the weekends. You know, they have that camaraderie, as you're saying. Um, But as women, because we manage a household after our work life, we don't feel like we miss it. I think a lot of it actually boils down to guilt. Mm-hmm. We've been working all week. Mm-hmm. We should be home with our kids and doing things with the family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we do that. And we don't pick up the phone and be like, hey, Victoria, let's go grab brunch and mm-hmm. let's just catch up. Mm-hmm. We take our kids to brunch or we take our husband to brunch mm-hmm. because that's just how we've been raised and the role we're supposed to take up. But I think because of that, we end up with this weight on our shoulders that never gets lifted. 
because we never get to vent to somebody else Mm -hmm. that's feeling the exact same way. And I think that's where men are smart. They have each other to go to. I mean, if you're married or something, I think you need to work out a schedule where, like, this is your weekend, next weekend's my weekend. And you take the kids, and so the kids are having some amazing time with you, Dad, and I'll get some girlfriend time, as it were. And then next weekend, you go golfing with the boys, and I'll do something with Mm -hmm. the kids. There Mm -hmm. needs to be more give and take like that so we can have some of the burdens lifted off our shoulders as well and almost form our own little sorority, just like the guys kind of have their fraternity Mm -hmm. buddies. Yeah, I mean, I agree with – I've always been that person like, hey, there's enough to go around. We don't need to have that animosity in certain types of situations and things like that. So I'm glad that you guys are creating, especially within our insurance world, that you guys are creating something bigger, especially for the women uh, demographic that's out there that might be feeling like they're not, they don't have their little huddle, like you say, right? Um, Now, I want to ask you, because I know for me, um, we wear a lot of hats, right? So how... I mean, and I give you credit because you're, you know, I don't have kids. I, I decided, me and my wife decided no kids. <laughs> and that was a, a choice that we made. But speaking to all the moms, because you're mom, I mean, how do you make it happen? I mean, you're killing it. And you're like building this business. I want you to speak to the moms out there right now, because I know that there might be somebody out there that might want to start a business or they might be wanting to take on something and maybe they think it's not possible because they are taking care of the household. What can you say to them? I mean, what, what advice can you give to them to? Well, I think the biggest thing, I mean, I've only have one child, Mm -hmm. which it makes it a little easier. I know plenty of lady agents out there that have two, three, four, five children, or maybe even more. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, I think about their Oh, they're day to day. And that, I mean, that makes my brain hurt. Um, even with just the one child, though, is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I think I can relate or give advice to is, you know, don't be afraid to strap him to your back, literally, and just dive in. It's amazing what kids see and understand mm-hmm. if you explain why you're doing it. And this is what we're going to do for a while, because at the end, our goal is this. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be able to do these things. Put it in kid terms. I mean, we were able to go to Disney World a couple of years ago. I've personally never been to Disney World. Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old, never been. And I took my son, my husband, and uh, my son's older daughter. She was 16 at the time. And we went for 10 days. That's something almost unheard of, especially right now in today's environment. But I was able to do it. And by explaining it to my six-year-old at the time, why mommy works so hard is so we can do fun things like this, Then they understand. And I take him to the office. I take him. He's here with me in uh, San Antonio this weekend. He's with his dad right now. And when I get done with this, then we're probably going to go to the zoo or something tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So you got to have that give and take and have the conversation. I sat him down this morning and said, sweetie, I'm going to be working all day today. You're going to be with your dad. But then tomorrow is our time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you just get them ready for it. And then they'll be excited about tomorrow and they'll be okay with today. Yeah, I think... I think, um, I mean, again, I don't have kids, so I can't, but I have 13 nieces and nephews, so I can kind of understand why, you know, you want to set an example for, for the kiddos, and, but I think we, we should t- communicate with the kids and let them know what is going on instead of saying, I got to work all the time, and 
kind of like getting after them. Yeah, you've had a long day of work. You've had a hard time at work. But don't take that frustration out on them. Like you said, sit them down and tell them what's going on. So that way they don't feel neglected, right? They're not like, well, mommy's always working or daddy's always working. And they don't love me. Or it can even go as far as that. But if you're just saying, hey, I'm working because I want to provide you these things, I think parents all over should communicate like that with their kids, almost like many adults, you know? Well, I think you make them part of the team in a Mm -hmm. way. It's a team effort. It's a family effort. And when they feel like they're being a part, even if it's um, my son's eight now and he takes the tra- everybody's trash out for everybody. Usually mm-hmm. almost every day we go through a lot of trash for some reason <laughs> and he goes around everybody's desk and takes the trash out and he fills the trash bags and he handles all our shredding. So, I mean, in his mind, he's part of the office. He's part of the team. He's part of making it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think involving them too, where you can mm-hmm. today, it's taking out the trash and tomorrow it's answering the phones. And then after that, it's, they own the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, so preparing them for that long-term goal, I think, is important, too. And let them see the hard work that you and the people that are around you are doing. And Mm -hmm. and let them admire that, because there's a lot to be said for that. And just being, I grew up in a family business. You know, it was the farm and ranch business, like I told you. And, you know, I learned how to feed and water horses by the time I was, like, four years old. And I was cleaning stalls when I was Mm -hmm. eight. And then I was riding by the time I was nine and ten and showing by the time I was 13. And that's just the way it went. I was involved to some degree every step of the way because Mm. it was a family business. And I think that's what everybody's got to keep in mind. If you're going to be a business owner and you got kids, it's a family business for a reason. So involve them Mm -hmm. where you can. I realize they can't be in every step of it, but there's little things absolutely they can be involved in. And then that's open that line of communication. Explain why you're doing it. Because they're probably the reason why you're doing it. If they're a mom like me, they're the whole reason why I break my back every day, so Mm -hmm. to speak, at the job. It's so I can provide a better life for him. And every mom out there, I guarantee, feels the same way. So just have those conversations. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, where you get your work work ethic from, but it, it's obvious, you know, if you've grew up on a ranch and you were doing all these things, you probably were waking up really early in the morning and, you know, you've had these, these chores that your probably parents were saying, hey, you got to do, you got to get this done. But, you know, when we get older, there's really not anybody saying that we have to do this, right? So, and, and for those of you guys that don't know Rebecca, Rebecca has a very successful insurance agency. She, she's going probably really, really far in the next two years. I can even see even the next year. And she still finds time for her family. But going back to nobody's making you do this, what motivates you to get to that next level? you've obviously never met my parents because I swear to God, they're still on both shoulders <laughs> just cracking that whip. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is when you literally start off that young, it's literally just ingrained in you. Yeah. You know no different. Uh-huh. But for people who aren't brought up that way, I mean, you know, especially my generation, there's a lot of kids that single parent situation where the kids are at home or they stayed at school and school activities and then they went home, things mm-hmm. like that. They weren't necessarily brought up within the business, so it is different. I think you have to find your why. It all comes down to your why. What is your why? Mm -hmm. And if your why is big enough, 
there is nothing that's going to keep you on the couch or keep you in bed. You're going to get up. You're going to grind because that's what's important to you. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that, like, because not everybody, unfortunately, not everybody has, comes from a good background or maybe they, maybe they were, they grew up in a single mother household or a father only household, or maybe no parents, you know, maybe they, their grandma raised them or their aunt, sister, brother, whoever it was. And maybe they just didn't have that guidance at that time. What would you say to somebody that, that how would, how would they go about seeking that? Like if they need that right now, maybe they're listening to this and they're like, well, man, you know, I didn't have an opportunity to have that ingrained in me. I didn't, where can they find stuff like that? Like, what would you recommend? Well, I mean, besides like digging into your own personal belief systems and your soul and finding your why, I think is finding, seeking people out. Mm -hmm. If you see somebody that has what you want in Mm -hmm. the life, whether it's a family life, an amazing career, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to seek that person out. You know, even if you have to go as far as like, hey, I'll work for you for free if I can just be around to see how it's done and to learn. There is so much that you can learn by following somebody, picking somebody's brain or having a mentor. I know for me, like I've been in the business for a while now. And just last year, I was talking to Galen Hendricks. So if you don't know her, she's huge in the business. Just Google her. You'll find her. And um, I was telling her, you know, as much as I've done in this business, I've never really had an insurance mentor. Mm. And we sat and talked for a long time. And, you know, basically I picked her brain and kind of was, she was kind of guiding me like that mentor that I was missing. And I still reach out to her from time to time. She's been in the business a lot longer than I have. And when I have just weird questions that I really don't know who else to ask, I reach out to her. And it's a wealth of information and, you know, people like that are always willing to share, too. I mean, don't be scared to ask them because mm-hmm. they're willing to share. If uh, half the time, I think they're even flattered, even though they never meant it, but they really are because they know if you're asking them, then they've done something right. Yeah, I think, um, I think deep down inside, everybody wants to serve. Everybody wants to be able to provide value in some type of way, right? We do these things we're not monetizing on this stuff. You're doing these things. You're not, you know, we're doing it because in a way we like providing that value to people, you know, and I think everybody in them, and that's why the podcast lead or it's either you're leading or what, and leading doesn't have to be that you own this big, huge company, right? It could be leading in your home. It could be leading in a, if you're a teacher, you could be leading your, your classroom. You could be leading, um, you know, instructing music, whatever that might be. But I feel like um, going back to what you were saying with with finding the mentor and people just, I like providing value. I don't know if it's just us, but there's now in this industry, what I'm learning is that there's people that just love to help other people. And I wouldn't always think like that as far as, oh, what are they going to, they're not going to help me. Like, I don't have anything to give them. I don't have money to give them. But in some cases, like you said, it's just asking and being considerate of their time, but asking and reaching out to those right people that you admire 
or even a podcast. Like I don't even listen to the radio anymore. Like only I picked, you know, you up from the hotel today, but I just put it on, but I listen to podcasts in the morning when I go to lunch, when I'm on my way home, when I'm getting ready, because that's kind of like my, uh, what do you call it? Counseling <laughs> for me, you know, that's my type of counseling, but that's how I'm able to, I always have to have somebody in my ear motivating me to find that within myself, you know, so the mentorship is big. What would you tell somebody though? Like if they're kind of, um, how, how would I say, like they are not social butterflies, like, you know, they're scared of asking, like, what, what do you do? Do you just reach out in a, in an email? Do you call them up? What do you do? You know? Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can handle that. I mean, if they're not a social butterfly, the phone's probably going to scare them. Yeah. Um, those people a lot of times are tech savvy. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a very well-written email mm -hmm. that explains, you know, what you're looking for and why you're looking for it. And, um, you know, and I would go into some storyline, you know, you know, about you and why you need somebody mm -hmm. like this. I mean, nowadays, the art of the handwritten letter is few and far between. Personally, if I got a card in the mail from somebody, I'm picking up the phone. There is no way I'm going to say no to somebody like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pick out a card or even a handwritten. You took time to put pen to paper in today's fast-paced world. That's considerate in itself. Mm -hmm. And I am definitely going to at least have a conversation with that person. There's no way I wouldn't. Yeah, Say there's a guy or a girl out there listening and they come across this and they're just kind of like, I'm lost right now. Like, um, I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like I'm in the undecided mode. Like I remember when I was going to community college, I didn't, I was not a school person. <laughs> I was like your average C student just because I couldn't sit there and do, I couldn't just be stuck in a classroom. I had to be doing stuff. And when I went to college, they have this, um, this test to kind of, if you don't know what your major is going to be, they have a test for you to do. And it kind of tells you where you should go. <laughs> I fell in the undecided. Well, there's actually an undecided <laughs> yeah, I was category. Like undecided. <laughs> well, I didn't know there was such a category. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, great. I feel like more like crap now. I, I'm just like that. I don't know. I always knew I wanted to own a business. I always knew I wanted to be my own boss. I didn't know where that was going to lead or how I was going to get into that. But what would you tell somebody if they're in that undecided, like maybe like tips that they can do, like real life things that they can start doing today. If they're in that undecided, um, mode, what are some tactical things that they could do right now? Well, I mean, let's get real honest here. Mm -hmm. It depends on why we're in the undecided category. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been lost in times in my life. There is no doubt. Mm -hmm. I have not always made the best decisions in the world, and I think everybody can relate to that. So if you're going through a phase in your life or if you're a young person and you're undecided, you need to just start putting, you know, pen on paper maybe what you like. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like what subjects you like, but what do you like? Are you a people person? Do you like talking to people? Do you hate that? <laughs> do you like to play on the computer? Mm -hmm. Do you hate the computer? I mean, you got to start drilling down just things you like, because when you're choosing a career path, you're yeah. choosing something that's going to be for many, many many years <laughs> <laughs> if it works out hopefully <laughs> so you want to choose something that you actually like doing 
So if you can have those key bullet points of what you're good at, what you like, then maybe you can shop the industries that fit those bullet points well. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you would be like, now you got maybe three key industries that fit what you like to do. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can maybe start doing some research on the type of businesses they are and see if one stands out to you. If you kind of like, if they all kind of interest you, then reach out maybe to some key players in each one of those different industries and just take them to lunch or um, pick their brain one evening at the office and mm-hmm. just kind of get a feel for what that role or that job really looks like. But if you're in the other category where you're 40, 50 years old and still undecided, mm-hmm. okay, there there's probably a, a different challenge there. I don't think a 40 or a 50 year old person is walking around undecided. Mm-hmm. I think they're either walking around scared or they've been in that you know, paralysis by analysis situation for the last 15 years because they're afraid to make a move. And you may just need somebody at that point in some ways just to kick your butt into whatever direction (laughs) is that you want to go in. If you need some butt kicking, we'll both kick your butt. (laughs) And and sometimes, I mean, things happen and, you know, we get scared or backpedal or uh, for many different reasons. And sometimes we just need somebody to say, hey, no, you're good at this. Mm -hmm. Just quit overthinking it and just go do it. One foot in front of the other. Go do it. Yeah. That's the big thing is that paralysis by now. I tell my agents all the time, like, dude, don't get stuck in training mode. And what I mean by that is don't try to be perfect and know everything because the thing that's going to hold you back is not doing, you know, you could be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't take action, it's like, well, you know, you're not really going to get anywhere. And for those people that are out there, like you said, that are kind of in the paralysis by analysis, I think you should write stuff down. Like that's, that's what helps me like draw out a plan, treat it like a transaction, almost like, okay, step one, I got to do that. Step two, I got to do this. And the more activity that you do, just make yourself busy and you'll be surprised what, what'll happen. Yes. You'll, and sometimes you land in something that you probably never knew you were going to, I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be an insurance agent. And that's my dream. Actually, my dream was to be a meteorologist. (laughs) I don't know why I never pursued that dream. (laughs) I love telling the weather. I just loved everything about it. But I didn't end up in meteorology. I ended up in insurance somehow, some way that everything that I did just kind of landed me where I'm at. How did you end up in insurance? Well, funny you say that because I don't think anybody in this day and age, this seeks out insurance. <laughs> um, and I don't know why, actually, now that I've been in the business, I'm like, this is dumb. Why isn't there, at, you know, your local high school on work day or whatever they call that, an insurance agent sitting there exactly. telling you about insurance, but you never see an insurance agent there. It's crazy. You know, that's every other kind of job out there, but not insurance. And insurance actually is a great business to be in. But I fell into it too. I mean, I was on a a path to be, you know, a professional horse competitor and uh, a tragic car wreck kind of ended that for me. And um, then I jumped around the retail, managing retail stores business and Mm -hmm. even did some embryo transfer work with breeding horses, still trying to stay in the horse business area. But nothing until I fell into the insurance business stuck for any two length of time. I mean, I could do it all. I made a living. It was fine. But it 
didn't have my heart. Mm-hmm. I wasn't passionate about it like I once was showing horses. And when I got introduced to the insurance, it blossomed into this thing that I became very passionate about, especially when I started dealing with the senior market mm-hmm. and realized I'm not just selling insurance. I'm changing lives. And if you're sitting here listening to this and don't understand what Medicare agents do and think that's kind of funny, actually sit down with a Medicare agent with your grandparents and see how much difference they can make in your grandparents' life. Because when you're 70 years of age, your health is your number one priority. And if you don't have the proper plans in place, it's scary out there. Yeah. I want to kind of rewind a little bit to a point that you said, how you sit down with an agent and see what they do and how we do change people's lives in some ways, you know. And insurance is great money, but people always seem to be chasing the money, which is not a bad thing, but you'll find people in in businesses or maybe in a career that they're not happy with because they're chasing the money, but they're not happy. But I want to let people know you can have both. You can have happy and the money, but you just have to be doing something that you like to do. But I don't want people to get, like, I used to take that as, okay, because I would love to be a rock star. Like, if I could just go play guitar and be on concerts all the time. That's so funny because I wanted to do that too. Oh, (laughs) yeah? But when I sang in the shower, even the water (laughs) ran away, so I knew that wasn't ever going to happen. I Yeah, so, like, if we wanted to be rock stars, everybody – but <laughs> when Guitar Hero came out, oh my God, I lived out my fantasy. <laughs> You're like, yeah. So I don't want people to get mistaken because there are people, and I admire that, the, the people that like, you know, I like doing videos and stuff, but uh, it's not my passion. I just like doing it. But there's actually people that are doing that are making money. But I don't want to people to get discouraged because I wouldn't say my passion is insurance, but what my passion is is I love making a difference in people's lives, whether that be down to the customer, getting them extra help with medications and things like that, or to the agent that came from the, the, you know, $12 an hour job, and now they're making six figures. So I personally will challenge people to say, hey, find something, like you said before, that you really like doing, but it's not always going to be in the way that you think, right? Being the rock star, being the meteorologist or whatever you dreamed of doing, it might be something similar. You just got to find out why you wanted to do those things and what makes you happy in that, in that particular field. I'm just like, I feel so blessed to be that I found kind of my calling, you know, but I feel like right now in this day and age, it's not like your typical you know, remember when you can retire with a company and like you would get pension and benefits and all this stuff? It's okay to change your mind. Like, would you think if, if somebody's listening, they've been with the company for 20 years or 30 years and they're kind of stuck, they're not happy, they get a twitch in their eye every time they go to their job, but they're thinking about they want to do something else. Like, but they, they might think it's not okay to do that right now. Like, it's not okay to make a change. What would you say to them? 
oh, it's always okay to make a change. And you're right, those jobs out there, like they were 20, 30 years ago, our parents and grandparents had, you know, those pension jobs where you actually retired from the company Mm -hmm. and then they still took care of you. They don't exist. They're few and far between now, even if you can land one. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just almost non-existent. And companies are getting smart, too. They Some of those companies that do have them, they'll fire you at year 18 and bring in a younger employee that costs less just to save money and keep them from having to dish out for the next 20 years on somebody. We have a company where I live. I'm not going to say their name, but I see it all the time. I see these people that are 58 years old coming in needing individual policies because they just lost their group health because their company just did layoffs. Mm -hmm. But really all they did is they, you know, took every 55-year-old and up and cut them and then brought in 20-year-olds to fill the exact same role that they can pay half the price and kind of start all over. It's sad. So I really think, you know, it's never too late. Even if you just start doing it part-time on the side, because maybe you're at a point in your life where you have this big mortgage payment and you have these, and you can't just quit. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot too. That's okay. That's the neat thing about this business or a business like this. Mm -hmm. You can start part-time nights, weekends, and figure it out. And once you get that ball rolling, then you know, go tell HR, I'm out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Deuces, y'all. Deuces. <laughs> I'm building my own pension fund. <laughs> well, I would say, because, you know, everybody, um, what, what, what makes you think that, I think there's this stigma or something like you, you shouldn't follow your dreams at a certain point or like, and I know this sounds cliche, but you're never too old to start something new. I know that sounds like, oh, yeah, we hear that all the time. But it really isn't. So, like, if there's somebody in their 60s or 70s and they're like, well, man, I've always wanted to start a little taco truck or something, whatever it might be, whatever makes you happy, what would be holding them back? Like, why wouldn't they do that? Like, life's way too short. I think it all stems from, you know, your internal fears, whatever they are. You've got to learn to find out what those fears are because you're not being held back because you're 70 years old or you're 60 years old. I mean, unless, of course, you have health problems. I get that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's a lot of really healthy 65, 70-year-olds. We deal with them all the time. I got a lady that's like 98 that's in better shape than I am. She's on no medications. I take two, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I mean, she could probably be an astronaut if she wanted to be. I mean, people are living longer and healthier all the time. So, you know, that second half of your life, that retirement half, absolutely find something you wanted to do and go pursue it. Life is short, but at the end of the day, it's not that short. So you have time. So don't let fear hold you back. Find out what's really holding you back and, you know, put that out in the open and then, you know, scratch it off the paper and make it, you know, whatever it does for you, set it on fire, Mm -hmm. blow it up, whatever you're into. (laughs) And, you know, just tackle that hurdle and just go do it. I mean, I can imagine myself when, you know, I sort of retire and hopefully pass on the reins to my son. Lord knows I might be a rock star still. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be starting a band. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say to those people, too, and for us, too, because we're not, God, we, we have our own fears. I have my own fears and insecurities, and it's just managing them day by day and not letting it get in my head. But um, too, like, I think it's people have to believe in themselves more. Like I, whoever told you the story that 
they don't believe in you or you can't do it or you shouldn't do that. It's probably because they're not doing it or maybe they're scared to see you fail. But well, what is what does that mean anyway, right? It's like I don't even think they're scared to see you fail. I think they're just outwardly venting their own personal uh, fears yeah. onto you. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's anything about you. When somebody says you can't do that, I don't think it has anything to do with you and everything to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, if anything, and I know we learned this from some of the conferences that we've been to, is always think bigger and. I kick myself in the ass all the time because I'm like, man, I wasn't thinking big enough five years ago. Like I was thinking, oh yeah, I did. I'm doing enough to get me to where I need to be, but I wasn't surrounding myself with people. And this can go for anybody. Listen, doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what industry, doesn't matter what career is. You always want to surround yourself by people that are thinking bigger. And Honestly, some people don't care. They, they're happy with where they're at and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're like happy with where you're at and, and you're like, you're okay with it and you're completely just, Hey, this is what I love. This is what I'm doing that we're not talking to you. You're good. But if there's a little inkling in you and you're kind of like, Oh, like getting that uncomfortable feeling that, uh, something needs to be done, or maybe you're not, you're not reaching your, your, uh, you know, full potential, then I would challenge them, and because we still do this, is surround yourself by people that are thinking bigger, that do want to grow, that are not going to put a ceiling on you, right? So if you're working with somebody right now that's saying, no, you can only get here, or, well, that's not possible, that's probably not the right person to be around would you agree oh I completely agree and I can even just relate that to my own life just in the last couple of years I mean I didn't know there was all this help available and now that I do and started pursuing these conferences and these retreats and these trainings and getting to know people like you that are in the same position I'm in it's amazing there's like this whole big wide world out there that I even know about Mm -hmm. even within my own industry yeah it's flabbergasting yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm on such a growth pattern now, because I finally have surrounded my people or surrounded myself by people that do. They think bigger. Mm-hmm. They think on a different level um, or they're right there with you mm-hmm. and they want to grow as well. And yeah. so you feed off of each other, that excitement and anticipation. And if, it, if you hit a brick wall, you got somebody else there that's hit it, too, and be like, OK. This is a problem. How do we get around this problem? And when you got enough people in the room that all are thinking the same thing, the end goal is how mm-hmm. to get over this wall. Guess what? You're going to get over the wall. You're going to, you know, you're going to conquer it. You're going to figure that out, whether it's digging under it, plowing through it, or getting a ladder and climbing over it. Whatever. You know, you're going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. I mean, two heads are always better than one, they say. And when you got two heads that are striving for the same goals, even if they're, in a sense, competitors, you still have to figure out how to bust down that wall if everybody has the same wall in front of you. So not, why not do it together and get it down twice as fast? Do you, do you feel that, oh, that being content, like when people, do you feel bad about not feeling content? Like, and I don't know, because I'm, I'm just thinking out, out loud, but do you feel like you're ever going to feel satisfied where you're at? Well, this is the thing. Who said I wasn't content? Yeah. 
I mean, I'm perfectly happy. If this is if this is it and I just continue right here, uh-huh. I'm okay with that actually. Yeah. I have, you know, a family, I have a business. Mm-hmm. I work my butt off, but I choose to do that. I'm not being told to do that. And if this is my stopping ground, if this is my, you know, station, mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with that. Um, I'm going to keep growing and th- keep thinking bigger and seeing what's behind the next curtain because I come from, <laughs> you know, I'm that special kind of breed of curiosity as much as anything. Yeah. Like, I want to peek behind the curtain always. <laughs> I might like what's back there. If I like what's back there, I want to go. Yeah. But if I don't like what's back there, I'm okay with that too because at the end of the day, I like what I do and I like helping people. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing good work here. And I know that. So I'm okay with that. So I think it depends on the person. You know, not everybody maybe can say that with where they're at. And honestly, if you're, we, if even if you're somebody who wants to think bigger and move forward like I do, but if you're not happy with what you have built so far, you might want to reevaluate the space you're in because you may be get to the very, very top of it. And if you're still not happy, then there is something missing all along and it had nothing to do with building and growing. Mm -hmm. There's just something missing. Yeah. And that takes a lot of work. I mean, you're not going to, I'm, I feel like a, an emotional roller coaster sometimes (laughs) totally happy in my life. Like I awesome family, awesome spouse. Like I'm blessed to have, you know, where, where, what I have right now, but I still have struggles on certain things like, why do I want to keep growing? Right? Like I'm good where I'm at. Like, but then I'm like, I keep asking myself, why do I want to grow? Because we want to help more people. Exactly. And that's really comes down to, I don't think it's that we want to grow because we have, have this picture that we need our head on some statue. It has nothing to do with that. Or it's not the the number in your bank account. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's just the only way you can help more people and have a broader reach is if you do grow. And if that's your reason for growing, then that's a wonderful reason to keep growing. But you actually are then content with what you have because you're happy with what you're doing. And the only reason you want to grow is because you want to share that knowledge with others. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the best reason of all to grow. Yeah, because I know... For most people that are listening, they think, well, how can I give back, right? How can I be of value when I'm not, I don't have my finances right? I don't even have my personal relationship right or my this or that, but how can I give back? It doesn't have to be big things. It could be small things. It could be, you know, I've said this before, like, you know, opening the door for a person that's walking into the grocery store or helping somebody out, they drop something, picking it up for them. Like it's just small things that, that maybe you're not even your, your busy life gets a hold of you and you're not even paying attention, but start actively doing small things to help people. And it kind of becomes a habit where you start doing it without ex like expectations. You're not giving anymore to get back. You're not, you're not, um, hey, I'm lend you money. Now you got to do this for me. You know, sometimes it's not even financial. It's emotional support. It's spiritual support. It's whatever you, everybody has that something in them 
that they can give that we all don't all have, right? Like you might be really great at giving me advice on this, or maybe there's somebody out there that's very strong emotionally that can lift us up when we're feeling down. So you don't have to have this special skill set. It's very easy, actually. Just start helping people with little things. Doesn't have to be big things. So I'd, for people that are listening, uh, you know, you can lead in small ways. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I mean, I my accountant does my books, or your taxman does your taxes because that's what they're good at. Doesn't mean I'm going to ask them about marital advice <laughs> or. <laughs> does this uh, jacket go with those shoes? I mean, everybody has their strong suits. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we have multitude of friends or our huddle, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. everybody ha- brings something different to the table. And when you're struggling to find what you can bring to the table, I guarantee you, you have something you can bring to the table. Everybody has something in them. You just got to know yourself well enough to know what that is. Maybe you're just a good friend. And in today's world, that's hard to find. Just somebody that is there for the wins and the losses and is willing to be there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe you're really good at, you know, a grocery list or making dinner for your family. Um, I'm always looking for new recipes. I can always use somebody like that in my life, you know, yeah. or couponing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about couponing. I have I, I'm in these mom groups. And they, it just amazes me. Like they have this back stock and they're like, I paid $5 for this entire wall of cleaner. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm good with numbers and I just can't process no, this. No. I'm like, teach me your ways. Because <laughs> if I only have to pay $5 a year for cleaner, I mean, I didn't, they don't care how much money you make. That's a smart decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that patient. I can have a coupon in my, well, I don't even do coupons, but if there was a coupon there, on the table, I still probably wouldn't use it. It's like, I'm so bad at that. So you need a friend that does that and you hand them their grocery list and be like, sweetie, I'll help you with this if you help me with that. <laughs> and then they do your grocery <laughs> shopping for you and save, you know, $100 on a grocery bill. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like so stubborn sometimes. Just like, no, I'm just, let's get it. Let's go, go, go. <laughs> what would you say? So we talked a lot about, we've talked a lot today about a lot of things. So I get mixed up where we're at. But I want to go back to um, when people are feeling, because I feel like right now there's a lot of, we're coming off of Corona. So I feel like there's not a lot of, we haven't had that social interaction as much as, you know, we have, or maybe, and maybe there's somebody that's at home and they're feeling down, like literally feeling like sad and maybe they're going through a depression or something. How do you, how do you, have you ever gone through these times and how have you gotten over that? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I've been down, I've been hurt, I've been frustrated. That true, uh, like what a lot of people are going through right now, that true, you know, being stuck at home, depression. Um, it's hard for me to relate to, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. My husband, on the other hand, um, he was stuck on a ship for several months years at a time Mm -hmm. you know there's a bunch of people there but it wasn't his family Mm -hmm. and he almost can relate better to this than i can Mm -hmm. and but i've seen it with him and it's hard to adjust Mm -hmm. and i see him sometimes keep himself in isolation and in my opinion that's the worst thing you can do Mm -hmm. when you're feeling that way you've got to get out you've got to surround yourself with people that are willing to help pick you back up and put you back on your feet um 
but you do have to be willing sometimes to ask. I mean, you have friends, I guarantee you that person has friends that are willing to come to your aid. But if they don't know that you're feeling this way, we're not mind readers. And we do get busy with our own lives, no matter how good of a friend you are. Everybody gets so caught up in their own life, sometimes we forget to ask. So if you're feeling this way, and I know there's many, many people out there right now that are, raise your hand and mm-hmm. speak up because your friend or your neighbor or there, I know there's phone numbers you can call. Heck, you can email me. I'll chat with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but you got you got to raise your hand mm-hmm. and be okay with be like, hey, I've been stuck in my house for a year because I have health conditions and I'm scared of COVID. Mm-hmm. But please, somebody talk to me. <laughs> I mean... That's part of why we do what we do, because we want to help people. I'm going to talk to you. You mm-hmm. reach out to me, I'm going to talk to you. I don't know you from Adam. We'll be best friends by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think they just, that's the, the probably the only thing that they're missing is willing to say something, because my husband doesn't say anything either. A typical man, he's not going to share that. But next thing I know, we're fighting over, you know, there's one Coke in the fridge or something, like something so <laughs> stupid. And you're like, is this really about the drink? Or is there something else you need to tell me? Yeah, welcome to probably 90% of the couples out there that, yeah. you know. But, but and, and I think that's a problem even with couples or, you know, marriages of any kind. Yeah, You, you still got to be willing to ask for it. Now, if you're asking for the help, whether it's in a marriage situation or a friendship situation, and you're not being heard or you're not getting what you need, that's a problem no matter the relationship. If you have a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. on any kind of level, mm. then maybe the evaluation of the relationship needs to happen. Or yeah. maybe they're so stuck in their own world, they just need a swift kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops, sorry, can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hello, I'm over here and I'm begging for your attention. I need five minutes of your time, please. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Just do it or find yourself a new partner or a new friend or something. I think that's half the battle is just finding somebody. That people just want to be heard sometimes. I mean, I go home and vent to, you know, my spouse, she'll come home and vent to me. We listen to each other, you know, and, and sometimes you just need a time with your friends to have a, you know, cocktail and go just let off some steam. But I think most people just want to be heard. So if you do need to be heard, like Rebecca said, reach out to somebody. And if they're not listening to you, there's ways to make friends. Start surrounding yourself with people that you want to be around. Now, now's the time where you can be picky. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can, you can say, I want to be around these type of people. And let me tell you, you can find it. Oh, and Facebook, there's a group for everything now. I guarantee if you put type in, I want to be involved with a green eyed, blue haired, uh, tan skinned yellow fingernail group <laughs> you're gonna find it I have yet to see a Facebook group out there that's not been formed yet and believe me if that's what you're looking for somebody else is too so there isn't a group start the group you'll be amazed how many other people out there are looking for the exact same thing <laughs> that's what's amazing about this big wide world there are so many people looking for the exact same thing so Start something. If what you need is not there, that kind of goes back to what we do. If what you need 
is not there and you know it's a need for you and if it's a need for you then it's a need for others Mm -hmm. then start it yeah create it and not only will you be able then to have something where other people come together that are in the same situation but now you've also started something you created something which get you out of that funk that you're in on top of it. Mm-hmm. And you're helping people that are just like you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a win-win. Yeah. Well, speaking of groups, where can they find, so I know we're coming about an hour already. Can you believe it? It went fast <laughs> for me. It did. Um, I've enjoyed my time with you. I appreciate you, you know, hanging with me. And, and if, if people say, man, I really like Rebecca, you know, I kind of want to hear more of her. Where can they find you? Oh, God, it'd be easier to tell you where you can't find me. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Rebecca Davis, or the Medicare Wonder Woman, or Cannonball Insurance Solutions. I'm on TikTok, the Medicare Wonder Woman. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, and all my stuff is public. I don't put anything out there that I don't want anybody to see, so all my stuff is public. I'm really easy to find. I live in Texas. I My Facebook profile picture, I have big funky glasses on. <laughs> you can't miss me. Um, yeah, reach out. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I feel like some if somebody listens, they're going to get something from this and you've helped them, you know, so thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining in today. If there's anything that you guys need, you can always reach out to us. Please reach out to Rebecca Davis. If you're in the Medicare space and you want to join an awesome group, Medicareville, right? So go into Facebook, search Medicareville, and you can find her on YouTube, Facebook. Like you said, she's on all the social platforms. But more than maybe we'll start doing some more stuff later, you know, kind of reach more people. And we don't want the guys to feel so left out. You oh, know? no, kinda... I love the men. <laughs> men are more than welcome. I love y'all. But we don't always relate to the same things. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey guys, thanks again for joining in the podcast today. I hope you can uh, listen into the other messages that we have for you coming up. And if there's anything that you need, please reach out to me. But remember this message, guys, if you're not leading your life and helping others, what are you doing? I just want to relay that message out to everyone that's listening in and hopefully take some of this information that you've learned from the podcast and implement it in your daily lives. If there's anything you need, you can reach me and email me at victoria at the medicarespace.com. Again, victoria at the medicarespace.com. Thanks again, guys. And I hope you listen into the next podcast. See you there.